Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. We just heard a beautiful song. We, we worship you today, and, and that's what loving God and seeking to know God is all about, is to be able to, to worship Him. And one of the things that I think we many times miss as Christians is the importance of unabashed, unashamed, un, unhindered uh, worshiping God. Um, it is part of, of getting to understand and knowing the deeper things about God. If you can't truly worship Him and just surrender and give yourself to Him and just break through all barriers of, 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 um, of uh, self-consciousness and so on like that and just seek God and just, it's me and you, Lord, and I praise you and I worship you because of who you are, um, you will find that you'll, you'll, you'll get into a, a new level, a new relationship with God that, that is really beyond what I can even explain in words. Um, God is spirit. We've spoken about that before and we're... We've been going over it in Bible study. Uh, God is spirit. And the sooner we Christians understand the importance and the realities of the spiritual realm and how the spiritual realm works very actively in our lives, whether we understand it or believe it or not, um, once we can get to that point, you can open up whole brand new doors for yourself in terms of worshiping God, in terms of understanding God, in terms of uh, putting yourself in a position to be blessed by God. The only way to truly know God is through revelation. And God desires to reveal more and more to us. Okay, again I say the only way to truly know God is through revelation. And God desires to reveal more to us. In other words, um, I or anyone else can stand up here and talk to you about God. Um, even get into a theological discussion about God and so on like that. But the true understanding of God comes through revelation, where God is revealing to you himself. So you've got to get past the intellectual understanding of who God is and what God is. You've got to get past that and get into the deep spiritual realities of who God is. You see, and many times we as Christians, we overlook that because we're so busy thinking about, well, I've got to attend church on time, I've got to give, I've got to be a part of this ministry, I've got to be this, I've got to be that. And you overlook the importance of actually getting into a deep spiritual relationship with God because that's where God reveals himself to us, okay? And God wants to desire more things to us. We're living in challenging times, very challenging times, and the only way some things will be managed or solved is through God's intervention. You can try all you want. You can scratch your hair and pull your hair out and, you know, dance on one foot. But many of the things that we're praying for that are challenging us can only be done through God's intervention. Now, this is where we have to wrap our minds around the whole concept of spiritual realities that I mentioned a moment ago and as we've been studying. Okay? You've got to really get your head into the place that you understand that God is spirit and that there is special knowledge that God wants to reveal to us. There are mysteries out there, things that we don't understand. God does not want us to be kept in darkness. He wants to reveal himself to us. So we've got to put ourselves into a position to be ready to receive that. God lives in a spirit realm which is supernatural, which means outside of the natural. Now, many times when I start speaking about things being supernatural, people start looking, you know, all slanty-eyed and start saying, uh-oh, you know, he's getting more Twilight Zone-like and stuff like that. No, we're not talking about anything weird. We're not talking about anything in the occult. The word supernatural 
merely means super, which means outside of outside of the natural. God does not reside here in. Uh, uh, God is certainly in the spiritual, in the physical realm, but he, he, he really resides in the spiritual realm, which is outside of what we, what we operate in on a, a, a 24-hour, you know, 24-7 basis. So the deeper things of God reside in the supernatural, and this is where we need to be if we want to be overcomers. Okay, if you want to learn about a particular thing or a particular place, you have to go to where the place is. You certainly can't learn all that there is to, to learn about, I don't know, Italy or Rome or something without really at some point in time going to Rome and really experiencing it. But you can't learn the deeper things of God without entering into the supernatural realm where he is. And this is where we need to be if we want to be overcomers. But if you want to live there, you must believe that all God says is literal and desire the deep things of him. Okay? We in this ministry believe that the word of God is indeed the word of God. It, it's literal. We don't believe that there's uh, opinions about it or that there's perspectives on what the word of God is saying. The word of God is saying, is saying jump. I simply say, all right, Lord, how high? <laughs> Amen? You know, I don't get, get into challenging the word or trying to reason it and rationalize it. Okay? We must be able to, to understand what God word, what God's word says and what he desires for us in order for us to be victorious and to be overcomers and to understand the deeper things of his of him. So let's go to Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy. Again, we always have to see what the word of God says. Deuteronomy twenty nine. Deuteronomy twenty nine. Okay, we're just going to look at one verse particularly right now. 29, 29. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of his law, of this law. Okay, so the operative words there are, but those things which uh, are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. All right, so the secret things belong to God, but God desires to reveal those secret things to us. And those secret things, those deeper things of God, it says there, belongs to us and to our children, that we may do all the words of his law. Okay, now... um, Jesus came and fulfilled the law, and obviously there are things that the Bible outlines us to do, for us to do. Many times we may wonder, well, why do I need to do that, and why is that, why do I have to do this in order for certain things in my life to pan out or to come to pass? Well, the deeper things, there's reasons why God has us do things in our lives. There are reasons why God may tell you to do something in your life which seems totally unrelated to what you're praying for or for what you're believing in, or believing for, or what you need, it may seem far unrelated, you know. And, 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 and many times, um, those of us who are still operating in the, in, in the secular mind, if you will, and not really thinking and considering that God is in a supernatural realm, we wind up questioning why God would have us to do something when it seems unrelated, you see. But in God's realm, in God's supernatural and spiritual realm, there's good reason why God may be telling you to do a particular thing. And in order for you to do that and to understand why he's telling you to do it, sometimes you need to align yourself with God and and totally understand and God will reveal to you the reasons why. 
Okay, he'll reveal these deeper things to you. God does not want us totally being um, uh, um, ignorant to his, to his action, to his movement in our lives. There are many deeper spiritual things that God wants to reveal, reveal to us as the scripture says. Looking further at this, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Okay. You know, sometimes people are praying and wanting things to happen in their lives. And they want things to happen, but they don't think that maybe there's something that I need to know. Well, I can only talk about myself. One of the things that was a turning point in my life was that at some point, as an early Christian, a baby Christian... And wanting to to grow more, the thirst and the hunger for God never diminished or never got lesser as I grew older in Christ and older in physical age. It it seems like it became more and more. But at some point in my early Christian life, and I'm praying and doing all of those other things, you know, there was a point I distinctly remember. I said, Lord, I just want to know you. I really want to know the essence of you. I really desire to know the deeper things, the hows and the whys. And I had so many questions and everything where I just wanted to know. I had this desire to know. And I said, Lord, reveal these things to me. And as I'm reading through Scripture and I see the Scripture where it says says that God wants to reveal those things to me. Boy, I was overjoyed because now I didn't feel like I was asking for something that God didn't want me to have. So that just kind of opened the door for me to say, say, Lord, since you want to reveal these things to me, here's the question I have. Why this about my life? Why this and why that? And that's where I started seeing God operating in such supernatural ways and things unfolding in my life and blessings and so on like that. Where where I'm at the point now that if I know God is telling me something, I don't even question it. I don't even question it. I may not have the hows and how to do it. And all of the pieces may not fit together. But I know that if God is telling me to do this, one of the things I do know, according to his word, is that he'll reveal them to me. When he's ready to. And all I have to do is to simply follow him step by step by step. Okay? So look at Jeremiah 33 here. Okay? Just getting your head into a whole different, different spiritual place. Uh, 33 verse number 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Please underline all of verse number three. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Okay, call unto me and I will answer thee. How many of us really, really call unto God? You know, if we're trying to find out how to get to some place or there's some place we have to go and you need more information about it, we certainly know how to, maybe we, maybe we go to the computer or our phone or our laptop, our tablet, and we, the first thing we do is we start Googling it, you know, and then we look up directions and then we start digging more, we start digging more, you know. So if there's something that you need and that you want, relative in, in, in the secular realm, you know, we have all of the resource sources, we can be so resourceful in figuring out how to get that thing done. But when it comes down to something that's important in our lives, how much do we really call on God? 
And it doesn't have to be for something that is so mountainous. I mean, it can be for something small in your life that you do not simply understand. So we've got to get to the point that God's in the supernatural and he has secrets to reveal unto us. So God says here, to call unto me and I will answer thee. And then the interesting thing I see here, it says, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Things in the light which thou knowest not. Okay? Now, something that you don't know is a revelation. Okay, I mean, and we can think about these things in our lives where someone dropped a piece of information on you or you picked up something and you read it and you said, wow, I didn't know that. I had no idea about that. That was the same thing. Well, God has wondrous, wonderful things to tell us also if you call on him. He says that he will show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Which you don't know, all right? So we go through our Christian walk in life and we're struggling so many times to get things done. We're praying for this and we're praying for that and you don't know how to do it. Well, guess what? God knows how to do it. You know, you had a, you had a particular uh, a place in your life where you don't know how you're going to make ends meet or you don't know about your career. You don't know this, you don't know that. Well, God knows, you see? But how many of us really sit down and, or, and call on God, Okay? God has deeper things that he wants to reveal to us. Go to 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. Corinthians uh, 1, and I should say 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Again, we've got to change the way that you think. You've got to wrap your head around the fact that God lives and exists in a spiritual realm. And this is where we need to be if we're going to access God. If we're going to speak with God and to talk with God and to be able to, cha- I don't want to use that term channel because that has so many occultic type meanings to it. But we need to be able to, to, to bring in the things of God. Okay, to access the information that he wants to give us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and starting with verse number 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Wow, let me read that again. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Please highlight all of that verse, okay? Or underline it or highlight it. Okay, it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. In other words, you don't have the faintest idea. You could never imagine what God has prepared for you. And I'm talking about every single believer that is sitting here in this sanctuary. Every single one. No one is left out of this. There are things going on in your life that you have questions about. There are some things that you haven't even thought about yet. God has the answers for them and God wants to tell you them. Amen. But we have to be to the point that you want to know by, by seeking God, you know, and it starts, goes back to the worshiping him and, and so forth, because it says there, for those that love him, prepare for them that love him. How can you love God and not worship him? Amen? How can you love God and not worship him? You know, you know, and, and, and that worshiping time of, uh, with, with that love, I mean, it should not be a, um, how can I put it? It, it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a mechanical thing. You know, where we're simply standing here and we're singing praise and worship time here and we have our hands lifted high and we're praising Him, but it shouldn't just be a mechanical thing. That should be an adoration time where in your heart, in your spirit, you're really worshiping God and you're thankful to Him for the fact that you're here. You're thankful to Him that you're alive. 
that you're worshipping him. If you worship him, you love him. And therefore, if you love him, then that puts you in a category here where it says here, I has not seen nor ear heard, not have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So if you really love God and you're able to unashamedly worship him without, without hesitation and you love him, then it means that God has some things for you, saints. God has some things for you that he wants to reveal to you. He has some very deep things that he wants to reveal to you. And I has not seen or heard, so that means you don't even have the faintest idea what God has in store for you. Okay? And it be that I may be a little bit, little bit older than some that are sitting here. I look back in my life and I sit back and I say, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Look at the things that God revealed and where the, the places, the trips that God has taken me on in him. Okay? And at the time, as a younger man in my teen years, never had the faintest idea. Didn't have the faintest idea. So you don't know where you're going to be five years, ten years from now. You don't know, but God knows. God knows. And if you worship him and if you love him, he will reveal the deeper things to you of your life and will get you there step by step. God has a way of not revealing to you the whole plan. He won't necessarily, I mean, God is God, he can say what he wants, but uh, he won't necessarily tell you that when you're, you know, when you're uh, 46, when you're 50, when you're 80, what this is going to happen to you. But God will certainly give you the road map and will show you the way along the steps because you haven't even dreamed of what's in your life. You haven't even begun to understand. Okay, you see, and, and this is what self-separates us Christians, us real believers from believing in God and trusting in God from those that would seek uh, occult practices. You know, we were somewhere the other day, we happened to be stopped at a light and we looked at, or I know we were up North, North Portland there. Anyway, and stopped by a light and there was a, a, a palm reader place <laughs> just off the road. You know, with the hand symbol up in the, 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 the um, uh, uh, I almost said asteroid, the astrological symbols and all that sort of thing, and come in and do this free and do that, do this and that. And we just sat there and looked and shook our heads and said, look at the direction that these people would be seeking information from, you see. All man since the beginning of time has wanted to know what the future has in store for them, Okay. And this goes back to the most ancient of civilizations. There's always been some kind of way that people have had to foretell the future, you see. And God told us in, in Deuteronomy and Le- Leviticus and some of the other books there about staying away from, from witchcraft, from diviner, diviners, you know, from readers of bones and all those sort of things. And entrails, which are the, the, the intestines of animals. Some actually pulled out the intestines of animals to read those intestines to see what the future is going to behold. You know, and we say, you know, and we laugh and we smile how crazy that sounds, but you'd be surprised in this modern day world, there are people that are not too far from that, okay? But we as Christians, we have to remember this scripture again, I'm going to read it, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. In other words, you don't have the faintest idea, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen? So if you really, really love God and you really know how to worship God, there are things that you even, even haven't even dreamed about or thought of. That God has planned for you in your life. Amen? Amen? And he wants us to know that. Continuing here in verse number 10, it says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Please underline that. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Not by tea leaves. Okay, okay, okay. Not by the I Ching. Not by tarot cards or Ouija boards. God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yea, the what? The deep things of God. 
Okay, undermine that please too. The deep things of God. So what is this that God is going to reveal to you, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you, is the deep things of God. Okay? Now imagine that. You have this Holy, the Holy Spirit in you that can reveal unto you the deep things of God. So that means these deeper things cover such a wide range of subject matter that we, even can't, we can't even fathom or begin to believe and understand what those things might be. Verse 11 says, For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? And underline that please. In other words, for what man knows the things about a man, except the spirit of the man that is in him? Okay, so in other words, as much as you may know me, you don't know me as much as I know me, you know, and vice versa. Okay, as much as I may know about you, I don't know as much about you as you know about you. I don't know every waking thought that you have or any, any misgivings or whatever that's going on. All right, so he's saying, so what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in it? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Okay, so in like fashion, no man knows the, about the deeper things of God except the spirit of God. Okay, but what did it say, what, what did it say up there um, uh, in verse number 10? But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So those things revealed to us, or God wants to reveal to us by his spirit, are those deep things of God. Because only the Holy Spirit knows those deep things of God. Okay? I can go to school and I can get 25 divinity degrees and have a string of letters going after my name that run off the page. Okay? And it's totally meaningless. If that knowledge has not been revealed to me by the Spirit of God, okay, okay, and, and, and I hate to say it, saints of God, but it is for this reason that many in the body of Christ are missing out on the deeper things of God because they will follow something that has a whole or someone that has a whole string of letters behind their name and maybe not Holy Spirit revelation. Okay, so it doesn't take um, it, 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 it doesn't take secular education. It doesn't even take theological education necessarily to get you to the point that you're receiving the deeper things of God by the Holy Spirit. Because what does the Word of God says that the that, that, that the Spirit gives those things at His will? He reveals things. God reveals things at His will. You see, you see. But but you 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 know. Going as far as the second or third grade, you know, I mean, Holy Spirit can reveal those deeper things to you. And the only criteria is that you truly, truly love God and that you're seeking those things and that you're asking. You know, I remember seeing a musician play. Some of you may have heard me mention this. It was on a video and it was talking about praise and worship. And they showed the big cathedrals and everything like that. We had these very sophisticated choirs, you know, singing music, which indeed was very pretty, you know, it sounded pretty. And then it was somewhere in the deep south, I remember, and they showed a little small church. And it was a guy that was sitting on a stool, and he had a guitar, which had two or three, three strings missing. All right? And I believe he was blind, if I remember. But he sat there on that stool, and he started playing praise and worship music. And it was such an anointing. You could even feel it and see it looking at this on television. It was such an anointing in that sanctuary that you, it, was, it was just it was hard to, to, to even just, just look past. And this was someone who wasn't technically trained, didn't have a minute of schooling or education in sophisticated music technique. He simply played with an anointing of Holy Spirit. 
You see? And it makes such a difference. And this is the revelation that the Holy Spirit of God can give to you and God wishes to give to you. Every single one sitting here today, God wishes to give you that deeper, that, those deeper revelations about your life and things to come, things that you need to do. Maybe some self-correction that needs to take place in what you're doing or not doing relative to the things of God. Okay, you know, this is like, you know, you're having a hard time with trigonometry, you know, and you tried everything. Finally, you say, teacher, what do I need to do to master this? I can't get this trigonometry. What do I need to do? Well, maybe you need to get to a point in your life where you're asking God, God, what do I need to do? Am I missing anything? Lord, I love you. I desire to know. I want to know the deeper things of you. All right? God is saying he's willing to do that. And no man knows those deep things but the Spirit of God. It goes on to say in verse number 12 here, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Please underline that are freely given unto us of God. Okay? What did Peter say to the lame who, lame man who was... Um, laying by the, uh, the gate there, was asking for alms, asking for money. And he says, silver and gold, I have none. I have not. Okay, but that which I do have, I give freely to you. Amen? Amen? Well, God gives the gifts of him. God wants to give the deeper things of him freely, freely unto us. It says in, in 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. In other words, we don't operate and don't think the way the world thinks. You know, to find out and to do the things that we may want in our lives or the things that we want to achieve, be it concerning a house, a job, position, or whatever it might be. You know, the secular-minded person, or maybe even God forbid, maybe even the Christian who doesn't realize how God wants to, to, to pour out those deeper things of, of him, of God, will go to the, to the secular methods of getting that house, that job, that position, or whatever's going on. And they will never stop and think about that God wants to reveal to you what you need to do to get that house, that position, or that status, or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. That thing in life that you're looking for, the secular mind, the world's mind, or the world's way of doing things won't get you there won't get you there not by a long shot so if there's anything that you're desiring or something that you're praying for remember that it's the deeper thing here that God wants to reveal to you you know you know maybe there's something that you're missing or maybe you're running so fast you're not hearing from God maybe you're so busy being busy that you're not hearing God okay Alrighty? and God will want you to do something that's different Something that would be beyond you understanding. Something where he tells you to do something that may, like I said a minute ago, seem so unrelated. But there's a, a spiritual thing about this where God wants you to do something. Maybe it's to see how obedient you're going to be before he can trust and trust you with the real deeper, deeper spiritual things. And sometimes we let it slide by. Let it slide by. Some of you who have been here a while have heard me mention uh, uh, back east, back in New York, where we had a prayer line and the Holy Spirit simply said, walk around this woman three times. And it didn't make any sense. But I've known the Lord long enough to just do what he tells me to do, what I feel the Spirit telling me to do. Walked around her three times and she was slain in the Spirit. She got up, she was healed. Got up and was healed. 
Right? So it's like, oh, well, three times, well, why not two and a half? Or can I do four? You know, can I do six? Right? It's the deeper spiritual things of God that you have to get accustomed to hearing from God and acting on. Because he wants to reveal them, those things to you. All right? Um, <clears throat> verse number 13 says, Which things also we speak, not in the words... Well, let me read from 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Please understand, underline, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Okay, underline that. But which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay? So we don't go and we don't respond and we don't speak in, in the ways of words regarding man's wisdom, but Holy Spirit's wisdom. Okay? So obviously God here is pointing out to us that there's a difference between the two. There's a difference, okay? Again, it kind of goes back to the name with the string of alphabets behind it, you know, where, 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 where someone, and I'm not knocking anyone that has had a large uh, number of years in theological training, God bless them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, all I'm just saying is that if there's no Holy Spirit anointing and revelation behind that, the wisdom could wind up being man's wisdom. Or again, to the secular thing, you're talking to someone at work and you're seeking, seeking some advice, oh boy, this person has been in this company, you know, for you know, for 30 years, and they've risen up the chain, and they've uh, acquired this high spot in this company, and everything. Gee, let me go talk to him. Let me go talk to her, so I can find out how I can also rise the corporate chain. Well, that could be man's wisdom, okay? And there's a big difference between that and God's wisdom. So we don't operate, we don't seek things the way the word, the world does, okay? Because you may follow that man's wisdom and you may wind up doing just the opposite. You may wind up going lower than where you are. Because you don't know what also went along with that guy in, or, or lady in rising that corporate ladder if the person is in the world and not a godly person. Amen? So all of those things are, 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 are hinged upon us, us knowing that God wants to give us the secret information, you know, these mysteries. He wants to reveal them, but we have to go after them. Okay, verse 14 says, but the natural man, and here's, here's again what I was just saying, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Underline that. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. <laughs> Continue your underlining and, and get all of that in. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. In other words, someone that is not that is not in, into the Lord and someone that is not a blood-washed Christian, a really, you know, a Christian that is really seeking to know God and to understand the things of God, someone that is not a Christian, especially an unbeliever or a non-believer, they will not understand what you are saying or they will not understand what we're talking about here at all because they're still in the natural mind state. They're not seeking to understand the deeper spiritual things. And I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have experienced at some time or another where you've talked to someone about the Bible, or you gave someone some scriptures, or discussed some scriptures, and then when you came about and you said, well, actually, what this is, that, 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 and you start talking about it, based on the Holy Spirit revelation to you, it goes right over their head. And they can't understand where you're coming from. You know? You know? Well, gee whiz, you know, I, I, I've got a cold, and or I've got this, or I'm not succeeding at that, you know? Well, you know what? I can pray for you. Prayer? Well, what, what good is that going to do? Well, why do you, you know, well, maybe you should pray about it. Well, 
I'm, I'm, I'm sick, I've got this, I've got that. Well, do you want me to pray for you? Well, what good is that going to do? You're, you're, you're praying for me, you know. And even if you start talking to them, what you're saying to them, it just goes right over their head because they do not understand how these deep spiritual truths could impact their lives. Okay? And it's because of the fact they have no Holy Spirit revelation in them. You know? It's like... Um, if you have, uh, well, 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 take your, your TV, you know. The local TV station is broadcasting the news, let's say, on a certain channel. You know, say they're broadcasting on Channel 7. Oh, I think I'll go, go home and watch the 6 o'clock news that's on Channel 7. Then you sit down, you put your TV on Channel 12. You're not going to get Channel 7. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You're not on the same frequency. We born again children of God, you know the Lord, you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit that's in you. You have the frequency that God is broadcasting on. The natural mind or that person who still wants to stay away from Christianity, stay away from God, they don't even have that station on their TV set. <laughs> All right? So no way can they tune into what God is saying. Therefore, therefore, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. You know? And again, I've, said, I've talked to people and they've kind of, nah. Poo-pooed it. Nah, that, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, nah, that's good for you. You're, you're a believer. That's, yeah, okay, you know. And they kind of they make foolish of it, you know. You may have heard in the news and the things going around today where Christians are, 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 are increasingly under persecution that you'll find those that, that, that are mocking it. Mocking God, you know. Well, suppose you go pray to your God, and I'll go do this, and I'll go do that. Yeah, well, you just go, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, those people who pray to nothingness up there, believe in that myth. They, I mean, they just get, boy, sometimes I, I, I shudder with the words that I hear coming out of non-believers' mouths. Because they don't realize that whether they have that channel on their TV or not, that God is God. And God is God of the unbeliever as much as he's a God of the believer. So the difference is that the unbeliever doesn't believe in, in his or her creator. But he's still their God. In other words, he's God over them. So what they're saying out of their mouths when they poo-poo and try to dismiss what you're saying as a child of God, when you're trying to give them a special gift in terms of something meaningful for life and they don't want to hear it, for they're heaping hot coals on their own heads. Amen? Amen? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? So in other words, you can talk to them until you're blue in the face about deep spiritual things, and they will not receive it until they, because what you're saying is spiritual. Okay? What they're saying is spiritual. What I'm saying to you is being received by you because these are spiritual things and you understand, at least I don't see an indication that you don't, <laughs> understand, you know, what's being discussed here. Amen. So they're spiritually discerned. Amen. Now, how much of this you wind up putting to use after you leave here? Well, then that's another story. Um, amen. How much do you wind up putting to use when you go and you're praying to God about your particular situation that's going on in life and you've read here now that God says he wants to reveal these deeper things to you, then how much do you put that to use? How much do you go, you go into actually praying to God and trying to, to readjust your thinking, understand, understanding that the answer to your situation, the answer to whatever you're praying for, whatever you're hoping for, is not going to come through the natural realm that there's a spiritual basis to it. 
Okay? And God wants to reveal that to you. He goes on to say here um, in verse 15, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So who knows the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Who knows the man, uh, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ so we can understand these deeper things of God if simply we cry out to him and we seek and we have a desire to know him. Okay. Again, I, I just kind of, I keep coming back to the thing that anything in your, in your life, in, your, in, in the natural realm that you really, really want, You know, be it a gadget, be it a piece of clothing, a house, or something that you really, really want. There's no end to how you'll be resourceful and try to figure out how to achieve it or how to order it or whatever that you want to be. You need to get to the place in your own spirit and in your own head, understanding that the answer for my life issue or for my life where I want to go, my goal or whatever, does not rest with men. It rests in the spiritual realm with God. God wants to tell me what it is I need to do because I love him. God wants to tell me. Now, how do I I, I access that? Well, guess what? The, The conduit, the key there is Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So if I want to know these things, if I really, really want to get serious about it, then I got to put all of my, this whole construct out of my head about the way the world does things or the way the, the, the unbeliever does things and get my head shifted around to, to really believing that God is in a supernatural realm. God is spirit. So therefore, in, in accessing that, I need to enter into that spiritual realm. Okay? Now, this almost sound, may sound to some people who are not understanding and haven't heard what we've been saying yet. will sound, sound kind of crazy. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about um, a, a, a teleportation. I'm not, I'm not talking about when you get into self-hypnosis and you start doing astral projection. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm saying that in your heart of hearts, when you're praying to God, you've got to get to the point that you're really saying to God, Lord, I really, really want to know you. I'm understanding here from, from, from what I heard today that, Lord, the deeper things of you are revealed by your spirit. I no longer want to walk, I no longer want to eat baby food, pablum. I want some deep spiritual meat, you know. Now I actually had someone say to me that, oh boy, if I start doing that, gee whiz, you know, this is going to be kind of scary, you know, getting into the spiritual realm, you know, and all of that. Kind of, I'm, I'm serious, I'm actually saying that's kind of, kind, of, kind of scary. And there was a child who was wanting to know the deeper spiritual things, this person's child told the person to, to pray with the child, lay hands on, etc., etc., etc. Oh, gee, I, I don't know. I think that will scare her, you know, because it kind of makes me uncomfortable, you know. So what, what are they doing? What are they robbing themselves of and robbing that child of? Okay? Now, now children are, are, are so wonderful in wanting to know the deeper things of God because they have not been um, tainted the way we have, you know. We have not been tainted that like it's, it's it, it, oh, getting into the supernatural, into the spiritual, Wow, that sounds kind of, eh, that's kind of out there, you know. I mean, I go to church every Sunday and I do this, you know, but I don't know, getting, that, that's kind of getting out there. Whereas a child takes that literally. And a child wants to just, to, to just absorb all of that. 
We need to kind of be like that. You may, you may need to, after today, you may need to reset your thinking to the childhood notch in your life, so to speak. And say, okay, Lord, I'm just coming along blindly here, but I trust you. I heard your words today, Lord, and I heard you say that, that, that you want to reveal these deeper things to me. Okay, Lord, I want to know. I want to know. I really want to be there in you. And, and then you, you, you pray this, and then you just sit and you listen. You just sit and listen to what Holy Spirit will reveal to you. And I say to you, I say to you today with all honesty, is, is, that, is that if you can really get yourself to that place where you're really, really desiring God, God knows that because he knows your spirit and he knows your heart. And you get to that place where you can really just say to God, I really want to know you. This is just so, I'm so interested in everything that I heard today, that I read about you, and that you want to give this to me. So, okay, Lord, I'm here to collect. Alright? If God says He wants to give you something, He's not going to be change His mind and say, I, I changed my mind. Okay, Lord, you want to get, then I want to know about you. I really just want to, and put all of the, the pre-built knowledge about God that you had, all of the concepts that you had about God and church and worshiping, put all of that out and just get back to the basics of, God, I want to know you. And you said in your word that you're here to reveal your, by your spirit things to me. And I'm telling you, if you can get to that point, and you're persistent in doing that, you will start hearing. There will be a knowing in your spirit that this is what God is telling me to do. I cannot put that in good English words, but there will be a knowing in your spirit that this is what God wants me to do. And it will be such a revelation to you, like you feel like all of a sudden you've had a breakthrough. They're like, wow, I've entered into a new realm here. I've entered into a new relationship with God because you will have. You will have broken past that, um, that, that conventional Christian level of being, you know, a church goer, a Christian. You will get to it, what God is talking about here, the real deeper things. We study the gifts of the Spirit in Bible study over a series of months and everything like that, and you talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, if you can't get to that point, then how can you really, really exercise and use the gifts that Holy Spirit may have given to you? It would be very hard for you to get there because you still got a preconceived notion of what Christianity is all about. Okay, And when you start getting along that walk and you'll start finding your conversation is changing when it comes to discussing the things about God, yeah, there'll be some that are close to you. All of them may start looking at you a little strongly, a little strangely and things like that. Oh boy, you know, somebody may say, are you one of those born again Christians? You know, are you one of those born again? Yes, I am one of those born again Christians, you know. And what I always get a chuckle of when they say that, I say, I say yes, I am one of those born again Christians. I say, oh, what about you? You're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Guess what? You're a born again Christian. No, not me! You know, I say, yeah, guess what? You're a born again Christian too. Okay? When born again, you accept Jesus Christ. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. So yes, you're born again. Okay, but, but, but not even understanding that difference, all right, is something that is so fundamental. You know, it's not like a, a kindergarten understanding. So many Christians don't even get that. But how can you get to the deeper things, what God is talking about, revealing the deeper things to you, if you can't even get back to believing what you're understanding, what your relationship to God is? All right? Once you made that crossover, saints, you've now got your, you, you're now a citizen of, of, of two realms, you're a citizen of the physical realm, and you've got a foot in the spiritual realm. Okay? Okay, whether you realize it or not, 
But many times we as Christians choose to stay over here in the physical realm because this is so much easier. You know, I can feel and touch and see this pulpit, you know. But if God told me to step over here in that spiritual, there's a pulpit to lean on and to lean on it. Okay, I don't see it in the spiritual realm, but I trust God. Amen. So I know that there's a reason for him telling me to do that. Then I do what God is telling me to do. But you've got to get yourself to that whole other level. So it's really changing the way that you think and how you approach God. Go to Deuteronomy. A few more scriptures here. Oh, praise God. Deuteronomy 11. Okay, now God gives us a whole lot here. Okay, and this is some instruction here that God is, is uh, giving us. See, and, and this, if you really read where God is coming from here, it'll help you to, to hopefully maybe adjust into realizing what's been going on in, in your life even. Verse number 1, chapter 11, verse number 1. Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know you this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement, chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles, and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their horses and to all their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you. And how the Lord has destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in the wilderness, unto you, until you came into this place. And what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their households and their tents and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of Israel, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Now put this underlined verse number 7 or highlight it, but your eyes have seen. So what he's saying there is that I'm not speaking to the children who hadn't seen the miracles in the desert how when Egypt pursued after you, after you left Egypt and was trying to, 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 I'm sorry, after Egypt pursued you, after you left there, Pharaoh pursued you, and all of the other things God just talked about. He said, I'm not talking to children who hadn't seen that. I'm talking to you who saw that. I'm talking to you who saw that. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. So to put this down into a more personal basis... God speaking to you today, hopefully through this message. God is not speaking to people where everyone sitting in this room has been touched by God in some way. There have been some things in your life that you wanted to overcome, that you needed to overcome. Maybe you were living even a life and you didn't know that God was even there for that matter. But God delivered you out of the hands of some things and people that you were involved with and hanging around and being around. There may have been things that you prayed for and God answered those prayers. There may have been some close calls in your life and things worked out for you. Okay? Well, well, well this was your time in the wilderness. This was your Egypt, if you will. And God brought you through that. Alright? God brought you through it. So, what happened back then is not unlike what happened here, here today. What's happening with us today. 
I can sure look back on my life and look at the many years come up, coming past and everything and, and looking at the scrapes and things that God got me out of when I was a knucklehead and being stupid. Okay? Yeah. And, and, but God was there. You see, so I can look back on those miracles that were happened in my life, and you should be able to think back on the way that God has blessed you also in the past. Amen? So he starts off saying that, so saying, remember that now. Then he says in verse number 8, Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I command you to this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land whither you go to possess it, and that you may prolong your days on the line, and that you may prolong your days in the land uh, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that flows with milk and honey. Okay? So God here is saying that he, he, he to, to keep his word, to keep his commandments, to do what he's telling you to do, so that you may be strong and that you may go in and possess the land. Now, possessing the land for us modern day Christians, you know, you've heard me say before, is that we all have a promised land. In, in, in other words, something that you're praying for, something that you're hoping for, in a way that's your promised land. Until you get there, there may be a wilderness period, there may be some trials and tribulations of you getting to where God has want you to do to be, okay? But he's saying that to remember to keep his statutes and do what God tells you to do in his word so that you may prolong your days in the land that he's going to give you, okay? You know, so many times God will bless people with something and then after they receive that blessing, they forget about him. They stop coming to church. They stop giving. You know, you, you know, they, they stop praying regularly. They stop doing a lot of things that they were doing trying to get to that place. You know, so God says to keep his commandments so that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land of full of milk and honey. Verse 10, for the land whither, whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowed thy seed and waterst it with thy foot as the garden herbs, but the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinks and, uh, and drinking water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God cares for the eyes uh, which the Lord thy God careth for the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even to the end of the year so where God is going to take you to this place where God is in your life where you're going to wind up God is going to care for you there and it's going to be a blessed place the position that you're going to be in whatever it is God is bringing you to is going to be a great place to be you see but again you've got to understand the spiritual connection to what's to what's written here and what's, what's, uh, and what's happening in your life or what you're praying for verse 13 says and it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently underline diligently if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season underline due season Okay, everything is in God's timing here. And he's saying in verse 13 to underline, hearken diligently unto my commandments. Okay, in other words, we can't be part-time worshipers or part-time believers. Or half-stepping as I always call it, you know. We need to get to the place that we are more committed to God. And that we're seeking the things of God diligently, you know. You know, again, if there's something that you're trying to purchase or something you're trying to get someone as a Christmas gift, you know, you diligently seek that object out. You're looking forward, where's it on sale or whatever it is. I mean, you diligently do your research to find. But we need to do, be diligently in seeking the things of God. You know, not, not just halfway. Okay? That means establishing time to read the Word. That means establishing time to attend church. That means establishing time to be involved with God when you're not in church. 
That means to seriously get to the point of, 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 of supernaturally worshipping him. And, and again, when I say that, I'm not talking about some twilight zone or some occult thing. I'm talking about where you're really getting spiritually connected with God. You know? And again, it starts with even praising and worshipping. You know, we're standing physically in the sanctuary here and we're praising God. Our minds shouldn't be wandering all over the place. This should be the time where you're really just, you're just praising God and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I just give myself to you, Lord. I'm not worried about what other people think about how I look. But I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just surrendering to Lou. And, 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 and this is where that, that spiritual connection, if I can say, that spiritual, the spiritual connection for that particular worship service starts at the worship service. The time that you're worshiping God. You know? You know, you know this, this is where you, you disconnect from physical reality, so to speak. Amen? Where you just, you just connect with God. You see? You see? And, and God is saying to diligently seek Him and says that He will give you the rain of the land in His due season. Everything is in, in God's time. The first and the latter rain that thou mayest gather thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Please highlight or underline all of that. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. You know, and again, you know, it's, oh, well, I'm a Christian. I wouldn't worship some other god. I don't look at pagans and, you know, I don't go worshiping those little carved out saints and things like that. Um, you know, but you get tied up in something else that is more important than God. Then in essence, you're worshiping that thing. You want to get tied up in activities that's more important than your attending church, then, and you do that regularly, then you're worshipping that thing. You're putting that before God. You know? Verse 17. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven. And there be no rain, that the land yield not her fruit, lest you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord give you. Okay? So you can start doing those things, in other words, and what God gave you, you can wind up losing that. Okay, or it can wind up, you know, not being well for you. Therefore shall you lay up these, um, these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Please highlight all of that. Please, therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul. Keep these words in your heart and in your soul. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I can always tell which children are being exposed to the word of God on a regular basis. I can always tell. I can tell by the things that they say and the things that they do when they're not in church. You know, my grandkids, <laughs> grandkids, a couple of them have a way. You're sitting around, you're eating a meal. They say their grace, and then they'll turn to you, whoever's in the room. Amen, Poppy. Amen, Nina. Amen, so-and-so. Amen, so-and-so. And they're going around the room getting everybody to say amen. Amen. I know that they've said their grace. Okay? And where do they learn that? From their parents, obviously. Amen. That's what this is talking about. Okay? And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Becomes a problem in the family. Something happens up, as it often does. The first thing you let your kids see you do is pray. Every time we've had, a, a, you know, a, an emergency or we get some bad news on the phone or whatever it may be, the first thing my wife and I have always done, and whatever kids were home, we grab them and we pray right away. 
go on trips, long journey trips, pray together. Get them in the habit of doing those things. This is teaching your children the word of God. Teaching them the ways of God. Amen. Doing what God is telling you to do. Verse 20. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. That your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them. As the days of heaven upon the earth. For ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and, and mightier than yourselves. In other words, conflict that may come upon you, wherever God is placing you in this, uh, in this new promised land that he's going to give you or bless you with, that whatever opposition comes against you, God will take care of that. God will deal with that for you. You see, all right? If you can't get to this place in your head, in your mind, and in your spirit that you want to follow after God, then it's going to be hard for you to enter into that deep spiritual, that supernatural thing that we've been discussing so far. You've got to understand what God's word is saying here and what he's talking about and the, and the, spiritual, um, the, the, the spiritual ramifications of not doing what he's telling you to do. Verse 24, every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the, uh, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you um, upon all of the land that you shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. In other words, people are not going to mess with you. Okay? People are not going to mess with you. Opposition comes against you, they'll, they'll think twice about it. And if they do, they'll have God to deal with. Okay? They'll have God to deal with. Imagine how, how free you can feel if you can do that knowing that, that anyone in your office or in your environment, anyone that's around you that's trying to hinder what God is telling you to do or where God has placed you, that you don't have to worry about it. That God is going to deal with that. Alright? The only criteria is you do what God said. He said in those other verses that if, 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 keep my commandments and you do this and you do that. So, I mean, you can sit back and you can lead a pretty cushy life. Got a good job, got a nice house, whatever that situation you've been praying for, you're in that place now. If anyone comes to try and upset this wonderful world that you're living in now where God has blessed you, no man is going to be able to do that because God will deal with it. Okay? Alright, alright, alright. Behold, verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Then it says, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Underline verses uh, 26 and 27 about the blessing. Okay. And then in 28, there's underlined the part that says, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside. And in 29, it shall come to pass... When the Lord thy God has brought thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side, Jordan, by the way where the sun goes down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the, in the, in the uh, Champagne over against Gilgal beside the plains of Moab, Moray? 
For ye shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and judgments which I set before you this day. All right. So again, in verse number, in verse twenty-six, there where it says, "Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse." So you've got the word. You've got the word. This day has been set before you. Where you can choose where you want to go. Choose to just continually stay back and struggle and not know where God wants you to be. Just sit back and let everything that you just heard just sit by the wayside. You know? It may be, it could be, that the Lord wanted this message to get to your ears because of something that you're praying for or some situation or a change in life. It could be that there's something out there on the horizon where God is giving you warning now that there is a way for you to connect with me because there are things I want to say to you. Amen. So this day, this day, you've been informed. And finally, here are the last scriptures and then we're going to close. Go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 requires a whole different thinking. Isaiah 55, verse number 6. Praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55, starting with verse number 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. If anyone has slipped away, God is saying to come on back. That God is willing to pardon and have mercy. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Highlight number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but watereth the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may uh, give seed to the sower, and bread to the, to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Please underline that. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Okay, so highlight all of that. Amen. So he's saying that the same way you see rain and snow coming down, it doesn't return back up to the heavens, back up to the clouds. It stays. So God is saying that his word does not return to his void, to that purpose, to that thing that he sent it forth to. So what God has sent forth to you and said to you today, those words are not going to return to him void. And if you're praying and really seeking the deeper things of God and he pours out and tells you and gives you information relative to those things of your life and relative to where you're going, that thing is not going to return to him void. God's word does not act that way. Amen? Amen? Supernatural realm. This is where God is. 
you really, really want to get deep with the Lord, that's where you need to be to get revelation from Him. Praise God. I pray and hope this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.